Welcome to the SOS Podcast. I'm your host, Melissa Smallwood, and you are listening to Episode 7. It's good to be back to finish up Season 1 after a brief summer hiatus. If you're new to the podcast, be sure to listen to the stories shared in Episodes 1 through 6. You will be blessed, I promise. You may be familiar with this quote from Ralph Waldo Emerson. Do not go where the path may lead. Go instead where there is no path and leave a trail. My guest today, Dr. Sherry Yoder, did just that. She left the traditional therapy private practice path that was to be expected and forged her own path, giving up her insurance panel credentials and trading it in for the unknown world of life coaching, speaking, and writing. She is full of wisdom and confidence, and I hope you will be as blessed by my time with her as I was. Here's my interview with Dr. Sherry. Good morning, Sherry. Are you there? Morning. I can hear you, but I don't hear you talking. Um, so you can hear me. There you are. Oh, okay. All right. <laughs> there you are. <laughs> <laughs> How are you? I'm good. How are you this morning? Good. I'm doing pretty good. My voice is a little scratchy for my allergies, but um, we'll make the best of it. Well, <laughs> yeah, we will. And um, I actually just, <laughs> I just got back from a run and then I had to take the dogs for a walk because they were itching to go. So, and um, so I've got my coffee and my water beside me. So I'm, I'm getting myself together too, but it's going to be great. Awesome. Um, why don't you begin just by telling um, my listeners a little bit about yourself? Sure, sure. Um, well, my goodness, what do you want to know? Um, <laughs> I am. Uh, how would I describe myself? So I call myself an every. <laughs> I call myself an everyday woman. Um, I have been through so much um, change in my life, uh, both purposefully, deliberately, and. Um, accidentally, I guess, Mm -hmm. accidentally on purpose. And, um, so I would say that I am an everyday woman who embraces the journey, um, as it's given to me. And, um, I think overall what I would want you or anybody else to know about me is that my passion and my deliberate will on a daily basis is to learn how to thrive, um, in anything that comes my way and in Mm -hmm. anything that I choose. And so I really uh, make active choices to find joy in my everyday life and um, really to recognize the gift that life is. Right. It is such a gift. It really Um, is. Are there any stories that you want to share that have helped you um, reach that point where you want to thrive no matter your circumstances? Well, yeah, sure. So I think um, the best story I can think of is professionally. Um, I went to grad school to become a clinical psychologist. So I got my doctorate in clinical psychology. And, um, you know, there's a traditional path that is expected and not just of anybody in that field, but really of anybody. There's a traditional path that's carved out that says you have to check off these boxes, right, to be quote unquote successful or to be happy or to be fulfilled. 
And um, so when I got done with my training and I finished my residency, I hung out my own shingle because that's what you were supposed to do. You were supposed Mm -hmm. to get licensed. Yeah. Yeah. You're supposed to have this private practice. And uh, the funny thing is, is that it wasn't until a couple of years into my practice that I recalled why I went to grad school in the first place, which was because I wanted, well, one, I'm a learner. Um, Mm -hmm. I love to learn. Um, I, I thrive on learning. Like I read a lot and I listen to podcasts a lot. And, um, so school to me was just kind of a natural path for me, but I had to choose a focus, right? Because you can't just go to school and learn everything. You have to major in something and so on. Mm -hmm. And, um, so, so yeah, I, I remembered that I never wanted to be a therapist. And so here I, (laughs) yeah, so here I was, and I was behind for majority of the day behind closed doors and one-on-one working with people. And it was, you know, it was very gratifying. It was rewarding. I was very good at what I did. Um, But I felt this yearning in my, in my very spirit, I felt this yearning that I needed to reach more people who wouldn't otherwise come see me. Hmm. And um, because, you know, there's such a stigma associated with going to see a shrink. I mean, people right. don't go, you know, right. <laughs> there's now like in the Northeast and things where it's kind of in vogue, right. Uh, for people to go and do that. But for the most part, it's, there's a stigma associated with it. And you, I've even heard people say, you don't go see a shrink unless you want to feel crazier. Right. Mm-hmm. So, <laughs> so I'm like, I've got to reach people and help them understand this common thread that I was seeing across all individuals, which was that we all have these common human experiences. We can call them whatever we want to call them. We can call them uh, grieving. We can call them anxiety. We can call them depression. Everybody has them to varying degrees and various experiences of them because we're all unique, right? right? But so we try to put everybody in these in these boxes and say, well, this is the problem. And I really started to struggle with focusing on what was a constructed or perceived problem with people. And I'm like, you know, that is not how God created us. God created us to be special and unique and have a purpose. He didn't create us to, um, he, he wanted us to have abundance and we can't have abundance if we're focused on what's wrong with us or what we think is wrong with us. Focusing on our shortfalls. Yeah. Right. Right. And so, um, yeah. So basically long story short, I had to change course and, um, in the, in that changing course, I got off of all insurance panels and you can imagine what that did to business. Business kind of tanked. Right. Um, there's not a lot of people who want to invest privately in, in work like that, mm-hmm. uh, from a private pay perspective, but they also didn't understand that in order for insurance to pay for them, they had to be diagnosed with something. Right. And, and so that's a big, it's just a huge misunderstanding. And I'm a believer, um, that, Diagnoses can be helpful, but they have become the bar mm-hmm. and they have become the goal as opposed uh, to a means to an end. Right. And so um, I, I decided to shift focus and start going out and speaking publicly. And so I did a lot of speaking events for free. And so the biggest shift for me that happened in pursuing that passion, which I really believe, Melissa, that God instilled in me and he was pulling me towards that. And he was mm-hmm. saying, this is a step of faith for you to do. This is what I want you to do. And there were so many financial hardships. Oh, I can imagine. <laughs> in the process. And <laughs> I'm like, you know, so then you have all these voices of people around you 
saying, are you sure this is what you want to do? And, um, are you, you know, sure you didn't hear God wrong? Right, right. <laughs> because this is not the traditional path. This is right. not what we expect people to do. And, um, you know, God never there, we can never get that abundance without going through the fire. Like, you know, and I'm, I don't claim to be on the other side by any means. I mean, I'm still growing and I'm still stretching, but what I am doing is pursuing that purpose for which I believe I'm convinced that Mm -hmm. God created me for. And so during that time, I learned a lot about thriving when everything seems like it's falling apart. Mm -hmm. And I learned that there is joy to be had in just walking in that faith and walking in your purpose and really believing it, even if, and and then it it even makes you um, begin to evaluate your, what you value and, and what you find worthwhile. You know, do I really need this? No, I don't. Right. You know, and so it starts to, it just really shifted my perspective and helped me to understand that why I'm here. And this is, this is the prayer that I say all of the time. And it's not, it's not a rote prayer, but it's a prayer that's written on my heart that I speak silently and aloud all day, every day, Mm -hmm. which is um, father in heaven, you've gifted me with something that the world needs. Give me the opportunity to give that to them and serve them and in the process provide for me. That's it. That's beautiful. Yeah. So that's, I guess that's what I mean by thriving is um, you just have to walk in that and know that and trust that God will provide. And that's, that's a struggle for people who aren't believers. Right. Well, it's a struggle for them to even understand on the outside looking in at your process. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And so I think that's a, that's a big part of my goal too. In a lot of my work, you know, one of my desires, Melissa, is to speak the words of the father, to speak the words of Jesus to people, even if I don't say these are the words of Jesus, Right. because I want to reach people with the father's light that I, that might not other otherwise come to me. I remember people would say, well, why don't you call yourself a Christian psychologist? And I'm like, well, why don't you call yourself a Christian accountant? Like, why don't you know, like (laughs) I'm a Christian, I'm a believer, but you have to understand that we, we operate in a world to serve everyone, to serve believers, to serve the broken, to, to serve the lost, to serve those healing, to serve those in search of healing. And we can't do that by speaking to them in a language that they have zero relation to. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Sorry. I can, I, I can no, I love it. <laughs> and I think it leads us into another question. Um, I think a lot of my listeners will be able to relate to that desire to even find your purpose. Yeah. And I wonder if you could speak to how you were able to hone in and listen um, to that still small voice whispering, mm-hmm. this is the way, even if it doesn't look like the right way, this is the way I want you to go. How did wow. you hone in on that? Yeah. So, so I think it, it really all started and I, you know, I believe it's a, um, a process that was birthed by the power of the Holy spirit in speaking to me. Uh, one of my favorite verses is, uh, Zephaniah, I think it's three seventeen, mm-hmm. where it talks about the love of God will no longer rebuke you, but he will sing over you. Yes. And, um, I get a little emotional thinking about that because, even, even in my strivings, even in my failures, um, that's that versus truth. And so even in, in my work, in my private practice, as I was sleeping at night, 
the father was singing over me and he was whispering to my heart that this is not, this is not right. He was giving me a conviction Mm -hmm. that said, focusing on what other people are doing wrong is not, it's not helping them. And, you know, even just looking at the larger picture in the mental health field, I mean, we just have more people coming in and coming in and more people on various cocktails of medications and, and they're not being helped. And, um, I just thought this is a disservice. And I took an oath to first do no harm. (laughs) Like I can't, this, this doesn't, this doesn't, uh, jive. Right. Right. So I, I really had honestly trouble sleeping at night and I just said, okay, how do I, how do I do this other than, you know, getting off of insurance panels and stuff like that. And I said, well, what I'm going to do is I'm going to focus on what's right. And I discovered, so for a long time I had done, you know, personality testing and intelligence testing and Mm -hmm. disability evaluations, all of that. And, um, again, everything, all of these evaluations focused on pathology or focused on finding a problem. Right. And I thought, you know, there's got to be something that is really well-researched that focuses on just telling us who we are, like who we were created to be. And so that's when I came across the Clifton Strengths Finder. You and your listeners are probably familiar with that, but it's a... It's an assessment that's available to the public. It's not proprietary to the psychological community. And um, it provides you with your strengths, your mm-hmm. unique combination of gifts that are God-given. And that's what I love. I mean, it's it's uh, pioneered by Gallup, but even in their, dis- their discussions of that and all of their research, which it's been close to 30 years now, three decades of research on this instrument used in, I don't know, over 70 countries. Um, mm-hmm. But... They, they say that these are your God given gifts. And I love that they didn't shy away from that, you know? And, um, so I took that for myself and, you know, it wasn't earth shattering in and of itself. It was stuff that I knew, but it was not, it was presented to me in such a context that it allowed me to say, oh, right. I do know that about myself. And what am I doing to develop that? What am I doing? to go and give that. So that was really a shift. And so then I started using that with all of my clients. And I'm like, this is, this is the focus, who you are and who you were created to be. And are you, are you embracing the obligation to take ownership of that, to say, this is who I am. And I've got to flex it just like, you know, we go to the gym to flex a muscle, right? They, our gifts can atrophy if we don't, um, put in the time to flex them and develop them and hone, hone them. Absolutely. Yeah. So that was really um, the practical shift for me. I mean, the spiritual shift was that singing over me in the nighttime. And then the practical shift was learning the how to's. And that's my number one gift is I'm a learner. So, so that's what I do now. And, and I, I learned that not only do I love to consume and digest and swirl around information, but then I love to disseminate it in a way that's meaningful to people and can really develop them and impact them. Um, so I'm not sure if that answers your question or not. It does for sure. And I think that that would be a useful tool, um, for my listeners. I am a counselor and I so resonate with what you said Mm. about diagnosis and the focusing on the problem. Yeah. And I, I love a strengths-based perspective. Yes. And I think it can help people just change the way they look, not just at, at life, but at themselves. Because we right. can have such a sense of self-loathing and not even realize it. And that can be what holds us back. And sometimes you just need your eyes opened to your potential. Right. Right. And, and uh, who you are as opposed to who you are not. Right. I mean, you know, the, I think about just the influx 
of, I used to get phone calls, Melissa, and I'm sure you do too, as a counselor. And they would say things. um, And I had always believed this philosophy, but I, because I was going that traditional path and living in that box of shoulds and musts, um, I wasn't, I wasn't embracing it into practical work. And um, I used to get phone calls and um, I still did up until about a year ago, even though I haven't practiced traditionally for about four years. Um, And they would say, do you treat bipolar disorder? And I'd say, no, I don't. Um, and they'd say, oh, okay. And then, you know, sometimes I would be able to get them to hang on so that I could explain that to them. Right. But really the goal was to educate them is like, I, you are a unique, a uniquely, fearfully, wonderfully crafted person. And there is nobody like you and nobody can put you in a box. Like even, you know, you know, with the diagnostic system, mm-hmm. it's a, each, you could have a hundred people with the same diagnosis with 100 different presentations of that yes, diagnosis, exactly. right? So, and people- That do not fit in the DSM-5 box. Right, <laughs> and, the, and, and people don't understand that. And so society has been, I, I believe, it's not malicious, but I think errantly led to believe that that is the identity, that there is something wrong, that the goal is to find out what's wrong with me, and then, aha, I have an answer, and then, aha, I'm freed from obligation of mm-hmm. change, but- Really, it's not freed from obligation of change or ownership, but it's opening a door to freedom of going, wow, this is who I was created to be. Like, let me go get that. Right. Exactly. And kind of stepping into those dreams. Right. Because they were placed um, on our hearts by God. I, my friend Holly Girth wrote a book about God-sized dreams. And Mm. I always remember that when I have a dream that seems a little out of reach. It it should feel out of reach. It should feel scary because Mm -hmm. I can't do it outside of the grace of God and in his power. Yes, absolutely. What has been the most fulfilling thing for you um, from stepping out of that traditional box and into your calling? How has that changed you? (laughs) (laughs) Well, I, so I just actually, um, well, it's freed me up to do a lot of things. It's freed me up to lock arms with people in a way that regulation doesn't allow you to. Mm-hmm. And um, so now in in my coaching practice, and I do some speaking, but mainly um, individual coaching. Um, and so, for example, I have one young woman that I, I say young, she's in her 30s, um, <laughs> young to me. Right. Um so we've been working together for almost two years. And when she reached out to me, it was just at the time where she was looking for somebody with an alternative perspective. She was tired of being put in a box. She, she was uh, looking at people saying, you know, saying, I don't want to focus on this substance abuse issue. Like that's not working for me. What's mm-hmm. working, something else needs to work for me. And so I've been working with for her for two years and it's so beautiful because she will, message me at least once a week and tell me some, um, some bit of revelation that she's had in understanding just how valuable she is. And Mm. she has made so much progress. And so the other thing is she told me uh, about a month and a half ago or two months ago, she said, I want to, I really want to start working on my physical health too, because I know that's all part of it. And I said, well, you know what? You're here in the area. And a lot of people I can't do this with because I do video coaching. And so sometimes it's long distance, but she's in the area. And I said, you know what? I said, I want to lock arms with you. I want to support you. And so now uh, we go running together three times a week. Um, And, and 
it is so much more than, you know, there's a lot of talk in the um, traditional realm of boundaries and boundaries are good. Boundaries are healthy, but we have boundaries even in our personal relationships, right? right? Like you have to have those, but stepping out in this way. And I actually just gave up my licensure, Melissa. Um, oh, wow. Yeah, I did because I didn't use it anymore. Right. And I'm like, why am I investing time and money in these continuing ed things that I just, that don't fit with my philosophy? So I didn't feel like I was being a good steward of my time and my money and that. So I, I let it go. But, um, and I'm, I feel freed from that. And so the gratification that I get, the knowledge that I get, that I am serving other people and that I, to the best of my ability, even when I fail, my goal is to be Jesus to them. Mm -hmm. My goal is to show them who Jesus sees. And so when I, when I hear these revelations from people, when I see the look in people's eyes, when I'm at a speaking engagement and they're, they're nodding, that's when I know I'm, I'm doing that. And, and when I do make mistakes, because I do, um, when I do say things that maybe don't, you know, match up with what the word says, um, I'm convicted of that. And you know, we, we serve a God who, who is not bound by time. We serve a God who can circumvent all of that. And uh, he knows my heart and he knows that I want to be Jesus to people. And so he's going to help me keep growing in that area and helping me to see his reflection in the people that I serve. So that's the most gratifying part for me. That's awesome. And you have recently started your own podcast. Do you want to tell us a little bit about that? Yeah, sure. Sure. Thank you. Um, yeah, I did. So it's called Thriving Thoughts with Dr. Sherry. And um, it's so funny because I actually, I never called myself Dr. Sherry, but I had um, a handful of clients over the years between the little kids to young adults that would call me Dr. Sherry. Mm-hmm. And so it just stuck. <laughs> but anyway, so Thriving Thoughts with Dr. Sherry. And really the whole message is what we talked about um, when we first got on the call today, which is that you have the ability and you have the opportunity to thrive in any and every circumstance. So the podcast features women who I deem remarkable and I believe everybody's remarkable. (laughs) I'm a little Pollyanna in that way, but I really (laughs) do. Um, I think everybody just has so much value and worth that uh, is waiting to burst forth and to share. And so the goal is to talk about things, um, bring to light things that we as women think about, but maybe don't necessarily talk openly about Mm -hmm. and um, share how those things that we think about most of the time when they're hurting us, they're lies and we're believing lies and then how we speak truth over that. Um, And so I have, you know, believers, I have non-believers. I have all kinds of people on the podcast to be able to share this, the truth of understanding one understanding that there are certain things that we believe about ourselves and about the world and about others that are just outright lies. Right. And, and how that's, that threatens to steal our ability to thrive. I was listening to somebody else's um, podcast the other day. Oh goodness. I feel bad. I can't remember her name, but the name of the podcast is ready to thrive. And um, she is a fellow hope writer and I listened to a few and I loved what she said in one of them. Um, she said that uh, the enemy comes to steal, kill, and destroy, and mm-hmm. that the Greek root of that, destroy, means to render useless. Mm. And yeah, I mean, just powerful, right? And so that's what we do when we believe in those lies and we embrace them as truth. 
we're rendered useless and we cannot thrive. Wow. So yeah, really powerful stuff. What, um, give us an example of one of the lies, um, Mm. that holds people back. Well, sure. I mean, I can tell you one for me personally, Yeah. which, um, is, uh, it doesn't matter what I do. People, I'm, my message isn't important. It doesn't Mm -hmm. matter what I do. It doesn't Mm -hmm. matter what I do. It doesn't matter how I do it. And I think a lot of that, Melissa comes, well, it comes from the lie comes from number one, the enemy, uh, because he wants to stop God's pouring out of abundance. In your right. Life, right. Absolutely. And so, um, but also, you know, it comes from the, the, the societal enemy um, at large saying that uh, you have to do, you have to do things a certain way. It comes from saying, look at the number of likes, look at the, look at how large your platform mm-hmm. is. Right. right. Um, That's social such media. a trap these yeah. days. Yeah. Social media plays a huge role in what we think about our worth and, and, and our value and our message. And so again, it, for me, the way that I speak truth over that is I go, I go back to that prayer, which is you've created me for a purpose. And I just asked you to provide me the opportunities. And honestly, I don't care how big my platform is. I, you know, I'm writing a book right now and I would like to get that book traditionally published because I think that that is the avenue that will allow it to get into the hands that it needs to be in. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's, that's still not up to me. Like it's, it's ultimately not up to me. That's, that's the work of the Holy spirit. And so I just really trust that. Um, it is, it is a trust walk to know that when you have that purpose and you believe that. So whenever that lie comes into my head, I say, no, I was created on purpose for a purpose and the world needs me. So I'm going to go out there and give it. I don't care if only one person likes my post or, or if only one person listens to my podcast because I've prayed over it, that one person needed to hear it. And I'm Mm -hmm. grateful. So I love that because I can get trapped in that same kind of thing. I think as writers and just people with online presence, you can feel like what you have to say is already being said better. Oh, that's the lie that I can fall into sometimes. Mm -hmm. And just remembering that the way I say it is going to be exactly what someone needs to hear, even if it's just one person. Yes. That's why God has laid it on my heart because someone needs to hear it the way I present it. Absolutely. That can help rebut some of those just feelings of what's even the point out in this online space when there's so many people saying the same type of thing. You know, it's so funny. I just thought of something, a parallel to that. Like if you look at the gospels, <laughs> right? Like, yeah. What if, what if Matthew, Mark or Luke right. said, man, John exactly. already said it. You know? <laughs> right. And look at how differently they said the same thing. Like right. everyone has a different version right. Right. applied to their experience. Yes. And yeah, you're absolutely right. We needed all four of those. Yes. That's that's awesome. So I'm curious um, if you know your Enneagram number. I don't. I don't. Really? You know, it's, I don't. This is so funny. So there's the little shame lie, right? Like this is what you're supposed to do as a writer because everybody talks about it. But, you know, I, I haven't. Um, I haven't done it. I haven't. I guess I just my interest or curiosity hasn't been peaked enough. Uh-huh. But maybe you're going to peak it today. I don't know. <laughs> I, I would just be fascinated to know, especially with your love of learning, which, where you fall. What do you so think if you I you ever am? take it, I think there's a lot of five in you. Okay. Um, and maybe some three. So I'd just be curious. What um, is a if, five and what is a three? Well, a five is very um, all about information. Uh, my husband is a five. Like okay. 
you take in all the information about something before you make a decision about it, before you go in a certain direction. Okay. Um, threes are more ambitious and um, engaging with people. Okay. So I'm just, I would just be curious to see where you land. I'm a one. And so um, I'm perfectionistic. Oh. Um, and so you probably deal with a lot of lies in that area. Yes. That can hold you back so <laughs> yes. much. Um, but as a counselor, I, I use the Enneagram with my clients. Um, awesome. There are core motivations um, that each type has, and right. that can be so useful in helping people see what's holding them back. Oh, I love that you're doing and, that. Yeah. And how that it limits them. It's, it's a fascinating tool. Well, you'll have to send me the link. I'll take it. Okay. Awesome. <laughs> I, think, I think you would love it. Okay. <laughs> and I'm always spouting off about the Enneagram. <laughs> well, you know, it's funny because I actually listened to, um, I listened to, uh, Annie F. Downs' podcast. That sounds yes, fun. Yes, 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 and, yes. But I totally skipped all the Enneagram stuff because oh, I'm like, no, no, yeah, no. I did. I did because I'm like, <laughs> I don't know anything about this. Like, no, I that dive down awesome, that rabbit hole yet. That's an awesome series for people that don't know anything about oh, it. okay. Well, yeah. good to know. <laughs> yeah, for sure. And I love her podcast too. Yeah, she's great. So, um, just some lighthearted things. Share yeah. with us what you're watching, reading, and listening to these days. Oh my goodness. So, I, <laughs> what am I watching? Um, I di- there's not a lot of shows that I love, um, but I'm rewatching for the fourth time because I'm that kind of a nerd, Criminal Minds. I love Criminal Minds. <laughs> My daughter and I just have watched through season one all the way. We're in season 12 now. Oh, it's fantastic. It is. It's fascinating. It really is. It's all about people and um, yes, and and human behavior. That's probably why right. it piques our interest so much. Right. Yeah. <laughs> it's super fascinating. And I love to follow. I like the I know. I'm I like the ID channel. Mm-hmm. And um, you know, I like to just see the different um like the disappeared and sometimes I'll listen to true crime podcasts and mm-hmm. things like that. So that's kind of what I'm watching. Um, what I'm listening to, um, podcast. I like Melissa Radke's podcast. Oh, she is just a breath of fresh air. I love, I love, <laughs> I love her. her. <laughs> she, she is so lovingly in your face. I yes. just love her. Yeah. Um, and then Annie's, um, that sounds fun. And then I listen to, and I can't remember her name. I feel bad that I'm not remembering people's names. Um, uh, whoa, that's good. Okay. I haven't heard of that one before. Yeah. It's called, Whoa, That's Good. And so she'll, she'll talk to people who are writing books or whatever, but then at the end she calls her mom and she'll get people to list uh, words of advice on Instagram. And then she'll call and ask her mom if that's good or bad advice. So it's kind of, Oh, how neat. Yeah. It's a cool one. That is very cool. Yeah. And what are you reading? Oh, what am I reading? So well, right now I'm reading a textbook. I'm teaching. <laughs> I um, I'm teaching this fall at a community college. I'm teaching an introduction to human services class. Oh, fun! Yeah, it's super fun. Um, and I just can't wait to pour into these young minds. And they're all going to take the Clifton Strengths Finder, by the way. Yes. Um, <laughs> in the first class, which is this evening, which they don't know about yet. But so I'm reading. I'm reading that text, obviously, and then. Um, I'm also reading a book called uh, Growing an Engaged Church, which is from the Gallup Press. And um, 
it's I'm, I'm working with a church in Pennsylvania, actually working with their team on helping them really have um, a strengths based focus among the team members and how they work collaboratively to uh, to establish their mission to achieve their vision. So mm-hmm. I'm reading that one, too. And then I love stuff about the brain. So I'm reading a book called Activate Your Brain, which is all about um, how the neurotransmitters can be activated without medicine. Yes. And and then I'm rereading Daniel Kahneman's Thinking Fast and Slow. Nice. Yes. Um, the practice that I work for, we are very holistic and we're always looking for natural ways, mm. you know, diet, exercise, supplements that um, Wonderful. can activate those neurotransmitters without needing the psychotropic medications. Right. And I mean, just simple magnesium can make mm-hmm. such a big um, difference with anxiety Absolutely. and things like that. It's so exciting. I yeah. love the brain too. <laughs> it is fascinating. <laughs> and we just know like a fraction about it, you know? Right. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And we learn more every day, which is so cool. Yeah. Um, so tell our listeners how you take care of yourself. You have all these different roles and they're very caring, compassionate roles. So how do you make sure that you're uh, regularly engaging in self-care? Well, so I would, for me, honestly, the um, first thing that I, that comes to mind based on everything that we've talked about is I need to make sure that my actions every day reflect the purpose I believe I am commissioned to fulfill. Mm-hmm. So if that's learning something, if that's developing somebody else, if that, see, that fills me, even mm-hmm. though it's, even though it's a giving, it's a filling, right? Because it's a, it's an overflow of what's already in me. And, um, so doing that to me is huge self-care. I have two hounds and that is a major source of self-care for me. I love to walk them. I love to snuggle with them. Mm-hmm. I love to play with them. Um, just they, you know, just petting them, you know, that releases oxytocin yeah. in the brain. Animals are so therapeutic. Yeah. And I run. Um, so I get some physical exercise in. You and go, then, girl. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> no, it's great. Um, and, you know, you just, it, it just makes you feel um, alive, you know, like just so much better than just getting outside and in the fresh air. And I run, I run by the river. So it's really beautiful. Nice. Um, yeah. So I love to be outside. That's another thing. And then the obvious would be cultivating my relationship with the Lord and um, making sure that I'm taking time to um, absorb what he has to say to me through word and prayer and um, writing but even though writing is not really a priority right now because mm-hmm. the podcast and teaching and coaching has kind of taken over a little bit, but, um, I, I don't say taken over, like they have a life on their, of their own. Right. I've made them, I've made them a priority and that's okay. So, um, but I do love to write. And so I've got all kinds of notes in my phone. So because I have lots of ideas pouring out of my brain, yep. one of the ways that I take care of that is to just write it down or you speak to text in my Me phone. Me too. Yeah. Yep. Yeah getting it out of there. So everything's not pinging around like a pinball machine. Right. Yeah. (laughs) And then you lose it. Yeah. If you leave it undone too long. So true. So, um, let our listeners know how they can connect with you. 
Absolutely. Absolutely. So um, I'm on Facebook at Dr. Sherry. Um, it might be at, I think it's at uh, facebook.com slash Dr. Sherry Yoder. Um, but the page is called Dr. Sherry. And then Instagram is Dr. Sherry Speaks. And that's Dr. Dot Sherry Speaks um, all together. And then my website is drsherryspeaks.com. Awesome. And um, is there information about how to connect with your podcast on your website? There is, but all listeners need to do. So right now it's on Apple Podcasts and on Spotify. So all they need to do is just go and into Apple Podcasts if they're iOS users or Spotify if they're Android and search Thriving Thoughts with Dr. Sherry and it will come up. Awesome. I can't wait to listen. And I thank you. you so much for joining us today. Thank you, Melissa. Thanks for having me. I appreciate it. Take care. You too. Bye-bye. Didn't Dr. Sherry have some great insight and wisdom to share? I'm curious, what path do you need to forgo in order to head into the direction of your calling and your dreams? What trail will you leave behind for others to see the way? Deep questions to ponder until next time. Be blessed. Thank you.